This is section two of the Apologetics podcast, and this session we'll take a look at the bibliographic evidence that the Bible we have is an accurate representation of the original manuscripts, and we'll examine the number of copies available, especially as compared to other ancient documents, the time gap between the writing of the originals and the earliest copies we have, and the number and significance of the variations in the copies of Scripture that we have available. First, Let's take a quick look at some of the more well-known writings of antiquity. This will give us a standard of comparison. I've chosen a few authors that are accepted as authentic with available manuscripts that are considered at least mostly reliable by modern scholars. Start off with Plato, who wrote sometime between 427 and 347 BC. Now the earliest manuscript we have available of his work dates from 1000 200 years after the original was written and we have seven copies in existence. Aristotle, perhaps one of the most studied and quoted authors of antiquity, at least on American college campuses, is dated to between 384 and 322 BC. The earliest manuscripts of his works date from 1100 AD, which is 1400 years from the original writing. And of all of his writings, the most copies we have of any one work is five. But there are whopping 100 manuscripts available of Sophocles' writings, and the earliest was created 1,400 years after he penned the original. Tacitus, great historian, wrote his Annals in 100 AD. The earliest of the 20 known manuscripts dates from 1,100 AD. Pliny the Younger's history has seven manuscripts available, the earliest from 850 A.D., and he wrote the original sometime between 61 and 113 A.D. Now, the existence of the authors and the authenticity of the available manuscripts are not seriously doubted by modern bibliographic scholars, and yet the quantity and quantity of what is available is almost insignificant when compared to the Bible. And we'll look at the New Testament first. We find that we have fragments of the text that were written as early as 100 A.D., and some scholars date a copy of one of John's letters to 90 A.D., and full copies of the New Testament from 150 A.D., which is a time gap between the writing of the available manuscripts and the writing of the originals, which is measured in decades rather than centuries, as in virtually all other ancient writings. In addition, the number of manuscripts available is staggering. There are over 5,600 New Testament manuscripts available in the original language. Now, many critics of the Bible state that because there are approximately... 200,000 variations between the New Testament manuscripts. The Bible must be an unreliable and corrupted text. Well, Norman Geisler and William Nix address this issue in their book, A General Introduction to the New Testament, with the following summary of New Testament bibliographic research in this area. And I quote, Only about one-eighth of the variants had any weight as most of them are merely mechanical matters such as spelling or style. Of the whole, then, only one-sixtieth rise above trivialities 
or can in any sense be called substantial variations. Mathematically, this would compute to a text that is 98.33% pure. End quote. In other words, most of the variation in the text are either alternate spellings or erroneous spellings of words or a substitute of a synonym for style. In addition, the method of calculating the number of variations is a bit misleading. Uh, we'll quote Geisler and Nix again. There is an ambiguity in saying that there are some 200,000 variants in the existing manuscripts of the New Testament, since these represent only 10,000 places in the New Testament. If one single word is misspelled in 3,000 different manuscripts, that is counted as 3,000 variants or readings. So, not only are there many less actual variants than 200,000, but again, the majority are nothing more than spelling differences. Uh, to conclude the topic of variant readings, it is very important to note that not one variation affects any core Christian doctrine. The passages dealing with the essentials of the Christian faith have no dispute among scholars as far as the reading of the text is concerned. So, our New Testament scripture is very accurate representation of the original writings. Let's take a look at the Old Testament. Well, when we look at the Old Testament, we find that the time gap between the approximate writings of the original manuscripts and the earliest texts available are comparable to those of other ancient writings. However, due to the method and care with which the originals were copied, this is not an issue when dealing with the authenticity of the available text. The Hebrew Bible is unique in the care and exactness with which the text has been copied and preserved over the centuries. The Hebrews had a professional class of scribes whose primary duty was to ensure the accuracy of copies of Scripture. In addition to other safeguards, each page of every authorized copy of the Hebrew Bible was checked letter by letter with the manuscript being copied, and each column, letter, and word was counted. If there was even one difference in any of these accuracy checks, the entire page was destroyed. Once the copy was certified as accurate, the original was retired or destroyed. Now the exactness of these copies was dramatically confirmed with the discovery of a scroll of the book of Isaiah in the Dead Sea Scroll Collection. When compared to the next oldest manuscript of that book, there was only a 2% variation between the two texts and all of them spelling variations or word substitutions that did not change the meaning of the passage. In other words, over a thousand year period, the text of one of the longest books of the Old Testament had been preserved with 98% accuracy and with no change in the meaning of the text. So, in conclusion, we can be reasonably assured that the text we have available today are accurate representations of the original manuscripts and that we have the inherent inspired Word of God available to us today. And that does it for session two. 
Next session, we'll do a review of the of evidence that demands a verdict by Josh McDowell and answer a few of your questions. And please continue to send your questions and comments to apologetics at donsplace.biz. That's apologetics at d-o-n-s-p-l-a-c-e dot b-i-z.